Hello, we're so glad you're back with us on the Worship Leader Toolbox, and we're glad to be here today to share a little bit about seven ways that worship leaders can shape the church. And uh, thanks, Clint, for joining me today as we uh, jump in here and have a little conversation. Some of this might uh, change with the fact that we're hardly at the church right now, at least in the building doing anything, and, um, and I'm sure you're in that same boat. But just for the sake of talking a little bit and thinking about worship ministry, we're going to, um, to share some of these seven things and, and visit a bit about it. But before we start, Clint, um, how's life going? I know I asked you this the last couple of podcasts, but uh, uh, how's the slower pace going with you? Well, it's, uh, it's going all right. Uh, since the last time we talked, they've extended the stay at home. So uh, definitely uh, changed plans uh, for my family. Uh, we definitely bought some things to do outside with our kids so that way we're not inside. And thankfully, it's getting warmer so we can bust out the slip and slide and the sprinklers and let the kids go crazy outside. So it's good. <laughs> mm. Well, those are definitely slower paced kind of things that you don't often have time to do. Yeah, that's true. We, we sat outside and ate lunch on the deck today. Oh, really? And, I mean, I sat out there for a long time before we even ate lunch cracked yeah. pecans and just like sat there in the sunshine. It was, it was nice. Yeah. We live uh, right next door to the elementary school and they're uh, uh, here in the town and they uh, give kids lunches every single day. So we've been having a picnic every single day on a, uh, on the swing outside. <laughs> huh. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a good, a uh, good uh, mental break from whatever's going on in the world. <laughs> That's cool. All right. Well, we're going to give us a shot and talk a little bit about seven ways worship leaders shape the church. And for anybody who may be just joining us, um, I serve at our church as a worship leader and um, been a part of the church there for uh, about 20 years or so and um, at various roles on staff and uh, currently lead our two modern services of the four worship services each Sunday. And um Clint is also part of our church, and he uh, does the student worship ministry as well as leading worship at church with uh, playing guitar in a band, sometimes bass in the band, and um, sometimes just leading all together. And then both of us, along with a whole slew of other people, crank out music for harvest events, which uh, for this summer at least are totally changing, but um, we still trust the Lord and going to have fun either way. So... Um, just sharing a little bit about this thought that in many ways, the worship leader is uh, one of the faces, one of the main faces really of the congregation. Like they really see uh, the worship leader when it comes to um, just weekly gatherings and, um, and the congregation really starts to take on the, the personality and the role of uh, the habits and the style of worship that the worship leader and the worship team have. The pastor is, is the ultimate worship leader in the church as far as the biblical model goes. And other church leaders also help model worship, you know, when they're sitting in front and are engaged. But um, we just had this thought that there are some ways that the worship leader really does help shape the church. And so here's the first one. And Clint, I just thought we could uh, talk back and forth and, and if you have any yeah, thoughts about these. So the first one is that we shape the church through our weekend service interactions. And what I mean by that is that um, we are, you know, after the, after a guest or a regular attender gets through the hoops of either 
checking out the website and showing up in the parking lot and getting greeted and walking through the doors and getting a program and finding a seat, uh, eating a donut, drinking some coffee. Once they've gotten through all those hoops, the, pre- a lot. Kind of the <laughs> preliminaries of those, really the first person from the stage to, to greet people is the worship leader. And so we have this opportunity to set a tone of confidence and set a tone of hospitality and a tone of welcome and a tone of focus. And so, um, you know, just standing there and saying, it's good to have you here today, or let's stand and sing, or welcome to the house of the Lord. And uh, so that interaction with um, the, the weekend service with people is a uh, way that we help shape the church. And, um, you know, it'd be sad if a worship leader stood up and said, here we are again. Here we go. <laughs> so what kind of what kind of sense comes to you whenever you think of the worship leader and the, the interaction that uh, happens? Yeah. Um, well, when I think about that, I think um, more of like what goes on during uh, the music worship, you know, portion of the service, you know, because um, at, at that time, you know, it's really uh, the worship leader who is going to give the congregation and especially the, the people who are maybe visiting for the first time, you know, um, the authority to worship how they worship, you know? So like what I mean by that basically is, you know, if the worship leader up there is like free and, uh, kind of charismatic and like, you know, raise their hands and like, as you know, worship with their whole body, it kind of gives the congregation the authority to also worship with their whole body. Whereas like if, you know, if the worship leader up is up there either just holding the mic singing or just like just playing guitar um it, it it's kind of like it doesn't translate the same way you know and i know like situations are different where if you if your worship leader is the only rhythm instrument you have you know it'd be hard for that person to stop playing guitar to raise their hands during the chorus or whatever um but yeah you know it kind of it gives them the permission to mirror what you're doing so yeah that's big. And one of the unique things about that is that that's even more important during this online only stuff because mm-hmm. people have to see it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe it's more important. I know it's important to be, you know, energetic enough for people to see it, even though they're not in the room with you or whatever. Yeah. Well, they had, it's going off of that. It's, you know, if you're at a church in the praise band, you know, there's, energy from the music that's being played when you're physically there. Um, but when you're watching it on your computer screen or on a tablet or your phone, that energy of being there isn't the same. So you have to like kind of amp up the presence to uh, have more energy. Yep. That's true. So weekend service interactions is one way we shape the church. Another way worship leaders can shape the church is through their uh, leadership and organization. And that is a, a huge one that um, no matter if you're full-time or part-time or if you're volunteer, you have an opportunity to create moments where people can experience and engage in worship with God. And, um, and we need to provide the needed organization so that our um, congregation and our volunteers and people in the worship team can have time to use their gifts in ministry and to uh, be able to prepare for that kind of, you know, creativity that helps engage people. And so it really is, um, you're, you're really shaping the church when you are, you know, organizing and leading effectively, uh, doing the administrative tasks that it takes and planning ahead to make things happen. 
and I know that this could be, you know, a whole nother podcast, part one, two, and part, you know, three, but, um, we have talked about it a lot, but, um, you know, the, what ramifications does it have besides just effective leadership and music worship? What other ramifications does that have for just shaping the church when the worship leader is organized? Any thoughts come to mind? Well, um, I mean, a lot of times people just think the worship leader is like the artsy one that never has anything together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's just a a bad stereotype, you know, that people maybe just like fulfill, you know. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's an interesting question because there's so much involved uh, with what's going on Sunday that um, and that like leads up to that, you know, because depending on your church and everything, I mean, you have your uh, sound tech, your, your video tech, your lights, uh, what the pastor himself is doing or talking about, you know, there's so many areas that, you know, kind of come together and, um, you know, a lot of those areas fall underneath the worship pastor, worship leader, you know, like, you know, it would be the worship uh, leaders, uh, you know, task to kind of like give the information for the upcoming weeks to the sound guy or the lights or the um, video people. And, you know, not having the communication or hypothetically, you know, when I was uh, at a different church several years ago, I would just show up Wednesday night on our practice night and like hand everybody the music and be like, here's what we're doing. And it was always a battle, you know, and I never understood why (laughs) I was like, you know, young and dumb, you know? Um, But, um, but yeah, there's so many, and there's so many like parts that like interlock with each other um, that, if if everyone is on the same page, it makes the whole week or the next three weeks um, kind of um, transition nicely. You know what I mean? It's smoother. All right, so um, that's a nutshell for sure. But we will uh, we'll just <laughs> that's an egg. We'll just keep that um, going. But it is true that you know if if we consider the worship ministry at church to be the um, you know church ministry in general, just lives changed and people's, um, you know, eternity kind of in the balance of all this, it seems kind of crazy to go about it half-heartedly. And so, you know, we do our best and we strive for excellence and we delegate roles and we equip people and we pull people in and all that requires some level of organization. And it seems kind of sad that, you know, people just assume that, uh, you know, the surgeons and the rocket scientists and the, you know, all the other people around the attorneys that are supposed to be, you know, prim and proper and have everything together. And then they just sort of assume that the church staff, and sometimes like you said, church staff just think that on their own, just out of the stereotype, you know, fulfilling it, self-fulfilling prophecy type thing. But mm-hmm. um, it seems sad for, for those folks to sort of dress the part of not really caring and, and, you know, just kind of wing it and show up and do whatever. And, and it just really, it comes across in a lot of different ways, a lot of different, yeah. a lot of different scenarios. So, um, that's a, that's a second one. That's a huge one for shaping the church. The mm-hmm. third one is ways that worship leaders can shape their church is through their questions. So, um, here's just a handful of questions. What can I do to help? What is our main goal? Uh, do we need to really do this? Why are we doing this? What can you tell me that would help improve my work? And, um, 
you know, a teachable worship leader is, is gold for a senior leader for sure. Cause otherwise you've got people that are just, you know, thinking they know it all. So that, you know, how can I improve? That's a great question. But some of these other questions, do we need to do this? Why are we doing this? What's happening? Um, you've been pretty good at asking some of those questions. And so, uh, what, yeah. what's, what sparks that in people? Well, well, um, you know, there's, there's two really great questions in there that I, I whenever the staff talk about, um, things coming up or new, whatever, anything that we talk about, there's two things that I always think about. The first one is, uh, does this align with our mission, you know? Um, and then also why are we doing it? You know, cause even if it aligns with our mission, maybe we don't need to do it because it's not really a need. You know what I mean? Um, so like, why are we doing this and does it align with our mission, our vision? You know, I think those are questions that every staff person should ask because otherwise, um, you'll end up with a calendar full of events that are just kind of like, you know, there's no, there's no, um, it's not pointing towards the main thing. They're, they're basically filler. You're just doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of sad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say it's sad because people really start believing that that's what's helping them be effective or, you know, just yeah. that they're, they're, they're changing each year. And in reality, it may not really be happening. Yeah. And, and something that's actually really kind of, I mean, if you can say there's the upside to this whole coronavirus and shelter in place thing is that, you know, um, you know, during all this, it kind of allows us to take a look at like, you know, what are the things that we are going to be missing this summer? For example, you know, do we actually miss it or is it something that was just on the schedule because it's been there for the last 10 years? Um, Mm -hmm. and and another thing is like, what are we doing uh, now that maybe we should have been doing this whole time? And, you know, for Mm -hmm. us, it's, you know, calling people like just making a phone call, you know, just, you know, if you have a staff of like, you know, five or 10 people and they call, you know, five or 10 people every week, you know, you're going to have a good rotation of everybody in your congregation getting a a one-on-one phone call with a staff member at the church. And some people might like that and some people might not, but at least they know that you're there and care. Yeah. Some people stop answering their phones after a while. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I definitely screen. I drove, um, I had to drive somewhere this morning. And so I talked to four or five different people just driving down the road, just checking in. But, uh, yeah. And that's such a simple thing. And I think you're exactly right with that, that there's some things that we've done for 10 years that we don't need to do any longer. I heard somebody one time say that the church has a knack for answering questions people asked 15 years ago. (laughs) And, um, then there's some things that, yeah, I mean, now we've kind of find out what's important. And another thing for our church besides the phone calling is just the fact that we've been sort of trying to, you know, get things online a little bit better over the last, you know, few months. And it's been a vision and had a couple changes and, you know, folks leading the charge. And now all of a sudden we're thrust into it and and what's happening. And so it's yeah. pretty cool. That's I just read this book last night, The Seven Practices of Ministry from Andy Stanley, Roger Joyner, and those guys. Oh, okay. And it had a whole, one of the practices was to focus. And so that's, that's huge on that. So questions help you focus. 
Yeah. Then the next one is uh, where splitters shape the church through their prayers. And um, this is praying for the church, praying for the people and for the teams and for the family members of the teams and praying for the pastor and for the leaders and um, just spending time in prayer. And so, you know, a lot of worship team members are working day jobs and showing up at, you know, rehearsal time and showing up for what they got to participate in on Sundays. And um, they're, they're still developing and people are still, you know, growing in their spiritual lives and, and growing as disciples of Jesus, but, but sort of in a, in a kind of a, a, a priestly kind of role, you know, the, the worship leaders are, are called to invest some time intentionally praying for, for people. And, um, and that may be of all these, the one that shapes the church the most. So God works through prayer. And I know a lot of churches that are, you know, a lot of ministries and missions, maybe not worship teams that are, you know, seeking the Lord on all fronts and they have no resources and no budget and no building and no real direction. And God moves in ways that changes the whole globe. <laughs> so sometimes I think, you know, it's easy for me to get stuck in thinking that the formulas are going to do the trick. Mm-hmm. And those really are like bonuses. So. Yeah. Prayers. Um, so important because, uh, you know, several years ago, I kind of went through like um, a drought in my, you know, in my faith. And I was, I kind of like looked back at like the last six months and I'm like, what's going on in my life and why do I feel so distant? Um, and I had gotten to a point where I was just doing so much, you know, like everything on the calendar for the last 10 years kind of a thing. And I wasn't, you know, spending any time in prayer and that one thing of being in prayer every single day is like the, the biggest thing that will like kill your faith, you know, cause that's like, that's like the lifeline between you and God. And if, if you're not having that, it's just like your, your faith and, you know, just kind of dries up. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, that's the connection and the ongoing conversation and communion and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And, um, yeah, I think you're right about that. Okay, well, there's three more. We might as well do them all since we've done four. But uh, Let's do their it. planning. Uh, worship leaders shape, shape the church through the planning. And, again, this could go back to our first podcast we did. But um, the Holy Spirit can work in planning months and weeks in advance. It doesn't require, you know, winging it. Although I think God at times um, I can kind of count on, you know, maybe one hand and a couple extras how many times I've just had to, like, totally change something and, and since God's spirit leading in a totally drastically different way than we had sort of thought we were going to go. Yeah. But, um, the spirit can work through, um, the right words, the right songs and the right moments. And, um, and God can, can use that. And as we've already mentioned in organization, maybe these two overlap a little bit, but planning gives an opportunity for creativity and, um, and for people to, to jump on board. And so we have, um, we have spurts and seasons in our church of various levels of planning. It kind of depends on, you know, uh, sometimes we have the, the worship ministry outline for the entire year as far as messages go. And, um, and sometimes you have, uh, you get into a spot where everything seems to be happening on a major level and you're trying to make sure Sunday is right. And so, um, and then, you know, every once in a while you run into a snag where everything's planned and then Sunday morning shows up and, one person sick, <laughs> like yeah. we had this week, 
and we have you know on occasion here and there all the time so um but how does how does planning shape the church any thoughts on that or how to uh grow in that in a nutshell well i guess when i was talking earlier i guess i was more talking about planning than organization <laughs> i just realized looking at these bullet points um but i think you know planning um kind of it gets everybody on the same page um, and, you know, uh, it gets them all you, on the same page. But I was going to say, you could just talk about organization, then I'll just cut and paste this podcast and flip the two answers. <laughs> oh, you don't want to talk about me about organization. I have, uh, I know like uh, <laughs> my organization is through like chaos, you know, like my desk has like these piles, you know, and if it were to actually be organized, I would have no idea where it is, you know. Uh, but I'm organized through that chaos. Uh, but like planning, you know, um, it gets everybody on the same page. And, you know, you were talking about, you know, people uh, who are on the worship team there, you know, they have full-time jobs, they have families, they have, you know, other things they do throughout the week. And um, by planning in advance, it gets, uh, it lets them know that like the time that they spend is important and, and that it, it means something to, to us as staff and then the worship pastor that they're going to take time out from their day in advance to learn this stuff. So planning is, I think it's important because it really, it's another way to let your team know that you care um, yep. besides being all on the same page. Yeah, that's true. And we, you know, trying to keep instilling that mantra of practicing at home and rehearsing together and mm. unless something's planned and on there and correct that it's impossible to do that very well. So yeah, and really, man, that's a lot goes into that. Yeah. All right. Two more. Shaping the church. Worship leaders can do this through their attitude. Mm -hmm. So a great attitude is always a church shaper. If somebody really is negative or if always, as I heard somebody say once, every time you bring up a new idea, they always respond with how instead of wow. <laughs> and they just immediately, you know, some, you know, minds just immediately go to the practical side of, you know, How's that ever going to really work? Yeah. But um, it, the the attitude in terms of friendliness and connection with people and being able to uh, support, you know, and love and, and walk alongside leaders and pastors and just all those different things. Um, just kind of a, a sense that you're happy and content to be called where God has placed you and to be there in that spot for as long as, as that happens. Staying positive and ready to serve. Just all those things. And, and um we could go a lot of directions on this and it's be cool maybe to have several worship leaders in on the podcast just to talk about the attitude. But one direction I was thinking of is just the attitude toward our own people. Uh, sometimes you get so comfortable with people that you start thinking, Oh, this guy or that person or this, what's going on, you know, drama, which and mm -hmm. in, in the looseness sense of the word, cause it's, it's nothing like some drama I've seen, but um, you know, sometimes you get in those situations and you start thinking um, you kind of start going down this rabbit trail. And in reality, a lot of how people behave and how the organization is going is based on the leadership to start with. And so uh, just having an attitude that we are loving these folks and we're serving alongside them and they are our friends and our comrades and our colleagues and our partners here during this season at this church to accomplish this purpose. And just that one thing alone kind of helps our attitude kind of grow and, and um, you know, all that. Just the contagious side of, of uh, a positive kind of upbeat attitude. 
Some people more contagious than others in, in that regard. <laughs> Everybody's contagious. Some people are more like happily contagious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the other side of that is, is also just being aware of it. You know, um, you know, there's when it, I don't really get sick all that often, but when I do get sick, I'm like grumpy, you know, and I really, um, I really need to like when I, when I'm, if I'm sick and I'm like at church or something like Sunday morning leading worship, I need to understand that like that client, you can't be, you know, grumpy Clint right now. You have to be, you know, you have to put a smile on. Um, everybody has bad days. Um, but this is the one hour that they're seeing you out of, you know, the whole week. And that's going to leave the impression. You know what I mean? That, yep. uh, you know, how is it going to shape, you know, through that weekend interaction, you know, if, uh, if you're energized, um, or if you're grumpy, you know, if you're happy or sad, you know, that's going to leave an impression on people throughout the whole week, you know, from that service. That's true. And maybe the, maybe you overcome it for the people in the service, but the people closest to you in the worship team or the tech team, you know, mm-hmm. get, get a bad sense about, you know, oh, he's having a bad day type deal. Yeah. There's um, definitely, there's definitely a few times where I've had to apologize to people. <laughs> Oh yeah, we all have. And, um, and there's the weird side of what you just mentioned that, you know, it's just that one hour or two hours that we are in front of all these people. But, um, at some point there's the, just the mathematics, one of those two, two hours during the week over the course of the long haul, you're not going to be at your best and, yeah. and, uh, you're going to be got bad news or somebody said something negative or whatever the case is. And so, I think you said at the beginning is, is awesome to just be aware that attitude is so important and that we just got to sort of tell ourselves we're on right now and we have to make it through. And that's part of the sacrifice of, you know, leading. But there's also the other side that not every aspect of worship ministry is beboppy and happy and all smiles. And so, you know, all the way through the Old Testament, there was all these places where the songs were of lamenting and yeah. sadness. And so sometimes our attitude can be, we have no idea and we're, we're as bummed as anybody else about this situation or this thing we're going through. So it's kind of been that way with all this coronavirus stuff. Yeah. Some people are just floating through life saying this is the best time ever. I mean, depending on the day, that's my answer about half the time. It's like Christmas yeah. break at home, just hanging out. And then other times you're like, this is terrible. It's the worst news I've gotten all week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also Clint, the time I've, known you most when you were sick you weren't grumpy you were just making really bad decisions like getting three <laughs> bottles of nyquil and 450 <laughs> tablets of i don't know what <laughs> hey so sam's was the only thing open at the time <laughs> <laughs> all right so for the very last one then we'll wind this thing up and that oh, is man. shaping the church through their ability to develop the next generation of worship leaders yeah and um and that's pretty obvious, you know, we're not going to be here forever. So one of our yeah. biggest things that we're going to do besides prayer in shaping the church is who we're equipping, who we're going to leave and the, the structure and the framework we're setting up for who is next. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of daunting to think about it. Well, I mean, well, it is, but it isn't, and it isn't, um, um, my family just came downstairs. <laughs> um, it, it is kind of daunting, but it also isn't daunting because um, it, it comes back to 
like your organization or your plan. And what I mean by that is, you know, one of my roles at, at the churches is for the high school worship band. And um, I've been doing that for a few years now. And uh, this past year, I'm, I kind of switched things to be more intentional about uh, basically passing a torch to uh, those students, equipping them to be worship leaders uh, before they go off to college or work or whatever they do in life. And, um, you know, it's, it's been really, it's been really good to do that. Uh, just to allow them to lead the songs. And I'm just kind of there to like, you know, give them encouragement, uh, help shape them if, you know, if something is or isn't working or, uh, or whatever it might be, you know? Yeah, that's good. I heard one time somebody say that if you are raising up worship leaders in your church, you're growing somebody else's ministry because <laughs> not always are every single one of those people going to come through the pipeline and, you know, yeah. serve as adults. And like in the context of youth ministry. But yeah. on the other side of things, worship ministry is also one of the areas that has the most homegrown roles. I mean, there's a lot of people who attend the church, become part of the worship team, have a gift in music, and then become one of the leaders in the church, you know, yeah. major player. So, all right. Well, those are the seven things that help shape the church. I appreciate you sitting around today, Clint, and talking a little bit with me. And I uh, hope it's helpful for those who are listening. We are glad that you have gotten a chance to be a part of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast today. And we would love if you are listening to this before October of 2020 to invite you to the Awakening Worship Conference, which is going to be happening in Troy, Illinois, St. Louis area, if we can gather in groups of more than 10. And if it's 10 only, I guess, ticket prices are going to be really high that day. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We'll see if we figure out some way to do it. But Awakening Worship Conference, we'd love to have you join us. And we'd also love for you to rate this podcast and to share it with other people and to uh, find us on Facebook or to visit us on the website for blog posts and other podcasts. So thanks again, Clint, and hope you have a great rest of the day. You too.